What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Comeback Couples Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Jennison, with Kendra Jennison. And I'm going to put a little, sh- not even a shameless plug, but a full plug on here. Um, so on this one, let's put this book right here. It's not a disease, it's a choice. It's very rare that we actually promote things. I felt like doing one today because I had three of these sitting on the counter, and we're going to make another landing page for this book. If you are a man or woman struggling, this is information that could help you or someone that you love that is struggling, this will help them as well. Or maybe... You just want to see what kind of craziness we write or I wrote. Definitely read it. It will change your life. Yep. 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 So I wanted to do things. Um, grab, my, grab my phone here. So what I wanted to do today was uh, there's a couple stacks. Stats, not stacks. So I Googled. I said, what it like? Just wanted to simplify it. Seven signs alcohol is affecting your relationship. And I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk about some of the crazy statistics Yeah, that I haven't even shared this with you, but we're going to talk about like statistics of what alcohol is doing to children specifically. Oh, this is, this is wild, right? From yeah. them consuming. From children consuming. Children alcohol. consuming, right? Like okay, uh, from sure. 12 to 17 mm-hmm. years old. So like we could talk about men, women, different ages. It breaks down everything, but I want to talk about relationships since essentially we're a relationship podcast and you're, I'm the alcohol guy and you're the, becoming the alcohol woman for us together with the alcohol team. Mm-hmm. But I want to know from you, right? Um, what do you think is the number one problem alcohol causes in people's relationships? Cheating. That's one, but do you think that's the number one? Money. Exactly. Yep. I knew it was going to be one of those. Yep. Financial ruin. Yep. Here's seven reasons or seven, I guess, what does it say? Seven signs alcohol is affecting relationship. This is not... Uh, Number one is you're lying about your drinking. Check. Did that. Drinking is causing financial difficulties. Check. Did that. Alcohol causes conflict in your relationship. Yep. I hated everybody. Drinking is more important than your relationship. Yep. I love drinking more than anything, even including my son at times, right? Mm -hmm. Drinking affects your sex life. Um, I don't drink and I don't even have sex ever in my life. So I guess that doesn't impact me. Uh, Just kidding. Drinking affects your children and your family's life. Inevitably. Inevitably. You drink to feel happy. Those are the seven signs. Now, I didn't write that article, but what I wanted to do was talk about the financial ruin. So one of the interesting things, I, I want to talk about mindset of money. Mm-hmm. Where are you at right now in your, in your, when I tell you this, hey, we're going to build a multi nine figure company valuation. I'm going to put this on every single continent, even Antarctica where I sell it to polar bears. I said that before, right? We're going to build this thing and it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be crazy and it's going to require a lot of work for me to be down in the office. I know I just said that, but like work, 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 mm-hmm. work, it's all these things. But here's the, here's the benefit of what we're going to do. Yeah. What do you, where is your mindset at right now on money? I know we talked about it a few weeks ago and you're like, yeah, I'd like to work on that. Has there been any changes, any shifts? What do you think about money? Yeah. So I love it. <laughs> you love I money? <laughs> I think it's. I'd rather, you know, I just, I've been poor and I have had money now and I would choose to have money every single time, you know, but I want to share a statistic real quick before you go on. I was reading or last night I was on a webinar Mm -hmm. and it was 60% of households in the United States of America have $1,000 in their bank account. Mm -hmm. 47% have 400 and I think it was $485 or something like that. Yeah, I believe it. So those statistics are awfully scary, you know, 
a how lot you, of. A, how do you operate like that? You don't. I mean, I'm, obviously people do. More people do than don't. My, I was one of those. Well, actually, I never was one of those people. Even at my my poorest time in my life, I had more money than that. But my mindset has grown exponentially with how I view money. Kendra, you met six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was scared of money. I was had a very like retractive mindset when it came to. I was like, well, I, I remember you wouldn't even spend five dollars. No, I would lend you my. At the time, not land, but I would give you my credit card or debit card because you needed to get some groceries or something. And you were like, like counting to the pennies. Yeah, I used to have to do that when yeah. I was, you know, because I didn't I didn't want to be one of those statistics. I didn't want to be one of those females that was raising children and only had 400 or or $1,000 in my bank account. I didn't, I was never going to do that. So I was like, you know what? I, did, I didn't have the financial literacy that I have right now, but I knew enough math and I had enough knowledge that I was like, oh, if I just don't overspend, I can still put something away. You know, I still had birthdays and Christmas and I still had to pay rent and you know, such is life. But the growth that I have around money right now, I feel like (laughs) it's a 180. The way that I feel about money now or what I think about it or how much I think that we deserve or what we can have I think we can have everything. Talk about some of those things. Cause I do see periodically like women who are like, I want to think bigger. Right. Or like, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Cause I used How, to be that same way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even like, I want to think bigger. Okay. Well, what does that even mean to think bigger? Mean? Yeah. That's where I got caught up for a very long time when it came to money specifically. And at first it was very materialistic things like, okay, think bigger, Kendra, think bigger. Okay. Maybe you want a Rolls Royce. Maybe you want this. It was just like a things feeling because in my mind, that's how I could calculate and that's how I could quantify. Okay, more money. If I can make more money, I can have these things, which is true, obviously. But what really changed was my mindset and how and how I want to operate and how I want to speak and how I want to feel when it comes to money. So it's not even about the things. Is no surprise that obvious money brings financial security and safety, which is important to me. I didn't even really realize how important it was to me until it was something that I was free, a free burden from, you know, because money was always a burden to me. It was always something I had to think about. It was always something I had to budget. Talk about that. Go deep. on. It was always something that was so scary to me. I was like, I can never have enough of it. Okay. I better not spend it. So I better hold on to it. It was a, it was a burden to me to think about more than, more than I cared for. So I just didn't think about it. I went to work, I played safe, I played small, and that was good enough for me. I didn't even have the knowledge to think, oh, wow, this is scaring me so much. What can I do to get rid of this scary feeling? How can I educate myself? It was just, it's scary. I don't like it. I don't make enough. This is my life. Acceptance. Acceptance. And that was like, that was it for me. Save, save, save. Don't spend, don't overdo. This was my mindset. This is how I kind of grew up um, with a save mentality. You know, you're very uh, middle-class family, modern uh, money mentality is how I grew up. Sure. But now, thanks to lots of self-development, money being in our conversation every single day, money in numbers, large money numbers, large numbers. I'm talking multi-million, billion dollars in our everyday conversation and how we talk. And so without even realizing it, 
because of this becoming our everyday conversation, I started to rise and grow and study. And I, and it didn't happen overnight, but I just woke up one day and I was this woman where I can hold conversation about billion dollar um, revenue and, and multi-million dollar deals. And do I know everything? No, absolutely not. But it doesn't scare you to talk about it. It doesn't scare me. It excites me more than anything. I'm way more educated. I have way more financial literacy. There were so many misconceptions that I had about money and what it meant. And I thought money was for everybody else. I was like, oh, no, no, that's not for me. Money is for everybody else. And then I meet you and you're like, yeah, no, it's for you. It's for everybody, for everybody who's willing to go get it. And I was like, what does that mean? How do I go get it? And you're like, I'm going to show you. Oh, girl, let me open you up to this world real quick because if you just work a little bit harder than everybody else, if you just study a little bit more, if you just listen to people who have opened and accepted the mind that money is all around us, it is abundant, success is abundant, it is for you, it is for everybody. And then I started to believe this and I started to develop it and I started to see it and I was like, yeah. This is the shit. <laughs> I'm in this. Sure. You know, it took a long time though. It took a long time. It took lots of unwrapping, a lot of self-limiting beliefs. When I, what I had when it came to money. Talk about those beliefs. Do you think that those beliefs were um, yours or? Yeah. So they definitely were. Were they transferred to you over time from, because I believe that a lot of beliefs and a lot of the stuff that happens to people is like, it's, I don't want to say it's in their DNA. It's like stories that like, you know, been yeah, it was, it was definitely stories. And, and I do believe in large part that the conversations that you and I have now with billion dollar and multi-million dollar deals and just, these are conversations that so few people have. So few people have. So I didn't even know it existed. Okay. I grew up middle class. You save your 401k, retirement, you save, you save, you save, you don't overspend, you don't. So these are the stories that I had always told myself growing up. And it was, it was the, the rich people, that's the, the rich people are making and that's, that's for them. But this is your dad's blue collar, Kendra. And this is, this is all you're ever going to know. Okay. So in somewhere in my mind, it was all I was ever going to know. So it was all I ever, I didn't even think about it. It I was always, just, I just accepted it. I always wondered how. You always wondered how I was a little just, kid. How do they, how do they get that nice car? How do they get that big house? And I love that about you because I never had that. I was just like, oh yeah, that's for rich people. This is my dad drives a, a Toyota truck and I'm going to drive a nice car. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a clunker, but it's going to be nice. And I'm going to have to, my life, the way it is set up, I accepted that I'm going to have to save. I'm going to have to budget. I'm going to have to take a family vacation once a year. And this is the life that I grew up seeing for, you know, 20 plus years. And this is, and then I meet you and you challenged all of that for me. You were like, yeah, no, uh, you can have this. Yep. Yeah, nope. Let's turn it to this perspective about money. And maybe you should think about it this way. And before I knew it, six years later, I went from terrified of money. Don't ever want to think about it. Accepted that I am nothing more than a middle-class citizen to no multi-billion dollar if I really want to. It's out there. We just have to work for it. It's for us. It's happening to us. Let's get it. It's been interesting to watch the change. I mean, even from those pair of shoes you have, I don't know how much those type of shoes are, but like they're probably expensive, but you wore these like blue Nike, mm -hmm. just trainer shoes, whatever. And like, I loved you for whatever 
for loving you just because I wanted to love you. And it's never been about the things or what you wear or how you wear it or whatever. But one of the things that has been great to watch in the relationship is just to be, have you be able to see what's possible. All this, yeah. this is going to all kind of tie back to the statistics in a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you, I wanted to get some advice for people out there. Like a lot, a lot of the dudes in my program that are in the comeback council or in the Warriors Alliance, like they're all majority are successful, right? So they're hearing it, but a lot of them, you know, they've been successful and their wives, they've just been brought with. And maybe there's always these questions they never have and they just got in line and they'd all, they always haven't done a great job. They looked at money as it's like, I make money. I am God. You should do this for me. Mm-hmm. We've never done that. No. Right. I always said, here's how we're going to grow. I want you to push me. I, I want to grab you to the point where you can push me to become, to go build this thing. Like I need you. You say, I don't need the pressure, but we talked a little bit about that, but it's like understanding why I'm building this, yes. this world. It was a question I never asked, <clears throat> asked you before, but you know, I went to the world. I said, you're not weak. You're not diseased. You're not powerless. And you're going to pay me. Yep. Like out of all the stuff I've done, that's like a very bold statement. Yes, it is. Like it really is. Right. No matter why a lot of people hate me. And there's a lot of people that literally look at me right now. Like all he does is talk about money locally here. Right. There's just, there are people that don't, I don't even, I don't even talk to you actually. So shut yeah. the fuck up. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're like, talking about. Like, I, I pay no attention to you. I hear, I hear things. Sure. Right. Just the way we carry ourselves, the cars, the like whatever. And like, I'm very frugal. We're very frugal for, for what I could be. But going to the world and saying, look, you're not weak. Number one, you're not diseased. You're not powerless. And you should pay me. People then come and they're like, it should be free. Oh yeah. What you do should be free. Right. Did you ever feel guilty about about accepting the cash for what I do? Never. No. Never. Not one time have I ever, I've never thought even, even despite all the people that have said, Oh, this should be free. It should be free. This should be free. Never once in my, I thought that was such a victim. Like, pussy thing to say like how soft and and how you know society and and the aa and just oh i'm sick i'm diseased so you should help me for free you know i just always thought that 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 never sat right with me first of all i felt so proud and so much more empowered by you taking such a bold statement and stance and then telling people yeah i worked my ass off this works i'm gonna show you exactly how to do it but yes there is a fee you should invest into yourself because that's exactly what you're teaching people, you know? And to me, it always made sense. Always made sense. So I'm going to tie this together into statistics and a feeling and building a life of substance and freedom that you want, which we've been, have, <clears throat> we've been able to build. I, I, I for sure am some sort of statistic, make my own statistic. I'm just not these statistics. Yeah. But at 47% of the United States of America, I think, I think the number was from what I was looking at last night, has 40, $485 in their bank account right? 47%. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's all that they have. The average American, this is in 2016. Mm. The average American spends $484 a year on alcohol. A year or a month? A year. So think about this, right? That was in 2016. This is 2016. This is off. So this is just off some like, I mean, I guess I'm thinking because we're from Wisconsin that that number should be at least tripled. (laughs) It is. And I think this is lying, but I'm just going off of these stats. This is from 16. We're in 2020 going in 2024. Right. Um, but why I, want, why I thought that was important was because it's the very people who don't go out and work for their dreams who will spend their dreams and the money. Like if you don't have, you have X, you have one month of the average American savings in, you're willing to spend that money on beer. Why are you not willing to spend it on yourself? Yeah. Great point. That was the point that I wanted to make on this whole thing, right? And when you look at your life, 
when you look at your life and look at it from being a statistic, like I don't want to be in that group. Never. I never want to be in that group. I don't want to hang around people in that group. I want to help people out of that group. Yep. Right. I want to help people figure out how to actually evolve their life into something of significance and substance and love and, and more abundance, <laughs> abundance. Right. So now I'm going to switch gears over here to, um, I, I just wanted to talk about that because interesting. Yeah. How many people don't know that statistic and have never even had the thought of like that perspective of, wow, I'm, I'm literally drinking away 480, whatever dollars a year. And that's, that's the average American, right? And not, again, I don't write these statistics. I'm just reading them off from of the somewhere. studying I'm yeah. doing, but what I want to do is actually talk about this is a new, a new, uh, Ten point two percent of Americans aged twelve years and older had alcohol use. Twelve years, twelve years old. Of Americans aged twelve years and older had alcohol use disorder in twenty twenty. Twenty four percent of people aged eighteen years and old reported binge drinking in the last thirty days. This is a seven percent decline between nineteen and twenty. Every day, three hundred eighty five Americans die as a result of excessive alcohol use. Eighty three point nine percent of these deaths involves adults aged thirty five or older. Mm -hmm. Alcohol causes ten percent of deaths among one to five to 49 year olds. I'm sorry, 15 to 49 year olds worldwide up to 3 million people die every year as a result of alcohol abuse, alcohol related deaths account for at least one for at least 5.3% of the world's deaths. Death alcohol comes causes 13.5% of deaths among 20 to 39 year olds. Men are three times as likely as women to die as a consequence of alcohol abuse. I'm not going to read that WH1. Collectively, Americans lose over 3.5 million years of potential life due to excessive drinking. Now, there's a whole bunch of stats in there, but I'm going to go mm. down here to the one that I, this was the one that I want parents to understand and like drive this out. Yeah. You think about, I think, have you think about money? Why? Why, why are we building this future? Knowledge is power. For who? For the kids. And for what other kids? For the future? Generation. Like, for yeah. generations. Yeah. I do not want to be a statistic. And I look at these statistics. So I'm mm -hmm. tying this whole thing together here, right? Probably had made no sense when you're doing it, but I had a plan inside of my head. <laughs> you couldn't think of money, but I, you didn't understand money or believe it the way that I, the way that I do, right? Yep, it, it just I didn't make no sense to you. My phone's, I hate having my phone. It just rings nonstop. It's fucking pain in the ass. I had to get you to a place where you could see it so you could take care of it. I had to bring you aside me, alongside yep. me and say, listen, you need to be rich. You need to be wealthy. You need to be successful. You need to learn how to run this business. You need to pay attention to what the fuck I do. If I die, there's a mission that needs to be accomplished. Yep. Our mission, mm -hmm. our life, our last name is going to stand for something, something in the pursuit of happiness, freedom, whatever it is we're after. So when I'm building something bigger as a man who's listening to this thing, and people who are actually know in this, this statistical piece here, you got 460, 47% of the, the population has a $400 in their bank account, but they're willing to drink $485 in 2060, which I'm sure that number's up with inflation, probably have less in the bank account than what they drink each year. These are the ones that are being impacted. Children aged 17 years and younger are much more likely to live with an alcoholic parent than they are to be, di than they are to be diagnosed with a learning disability or ADHD. 1.7% of 12 to 17 year olds have alcohol use disorder. 1.7% of 12 year, 12 year olds to 17 year olds. Females aged 12 to 17 years are 61.5% more likely to have AUD than their male peers. We have two girls, 12. Mm -hmm. Jay just turned 11. 
12.1% of children 17 years and under live with at least one parent with alcohol use disorder. Among them, 18.7% live in a single parent household. Children living in single parent households are 47.6% more likely to live with an alcoholic father than they are with an alcoholic mother. 9.3% of single fathers are alcoholic, while 6.3% of single mothers are alcoholics. Intoxicated adults are responsible. This was the one that pissed me off. Intoxicated adults are responsible for 150 child deaths every year. Mm. Among kids living with substance abuse parents, 86.2% live with a parent who abuses alcohol. Jeez Louise. Look, I mean, I could go on. There's literally just pages and pages. And I mean, pages. so those statistics ring true for me. That was my life. I wasn't using alcohol at 12, but I grew up. We live in Wisconsin, grew up in Wisconsin my whole life. And my any any birthday, any get together, any thing involved alcohol. Didn't matter what it was. It could be a, uh, a birthday, a, a, it could be a 3-year-old birthday party, it could be a it could be a pause. I, I, I'm going to give it back to you. Mm -hmm. This happened at our house this weekend and I fucking it just is what it is. It was Jade's birthday party. Mm -hmm. And I walked outside to do something, take one of the nine freaking garbages out that I'd take out. And someone brought a six pack. Oh yeah. So well, see, there you go to the party. And I'm like, which I don't care if they drink or not, but so it this was is very one prevalent. hour. Yes. One hour. But you gotta be fucking kidding me. It's very, very prevalent in, and it was very, very prevalent in my life growing up. Like I said, to me, if you, now I know different, but I grew up thinking every party, every get together, every family thing, any, anything, it was like, oh yeah, who's going to bring the beer? Who's going to bring the alcohol? Cause you're going to sit, you're going to sit around, you're going to crack a beer and you're going to see everybody drinking. That's what I grew up seeing. So I grew up, you know, I turned 16, 17, 18, I'm in high school. I want to party. I grew up. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, oh, you know, so-and-so has got this game going on. It's homecoming. Great. Let's all show up drunk. And then after the game, when they win or lose, like, screw it, let's go party. And then I got older, I got older and it was like, oh, we're having a Christmas party. Of course, I'm going to have some wine. And I'm just, it, it became such a learned habit. It was part of my life until I decided very young, 20 years old, maybe 21, because I had already drank and now I'm 21 and I'm like, yeah, um, one, I don't like to feel like shit. Literally makes me feel like crap. Two, I exercise and work out way too hard to be feeling this way. And on top of all of it, I do not like how any of it tastes. So why the fuck am I drinking it? So from then on, it was so irrelevant and not even a part of my life. You know, that's how that's and that's how I wanted it to be. But those statistics ring true for me. And I grew up in a very normal household, sure. what I would consider normal, right? I'm sure you grew up that way too, except for you so were no. actually drinking alcohol. So I didn't. Your parents actually never drank. That's right. My mom and dad don't drink. I think mm -hmm. my mom, we don't, I don't have relationships with my parents now, but I think my mom maybe drinks now or in my adult years more than she did when I was a kid. I don't think I ever even seen her drink. I don't, my dad didn't drink. Mm -hmm. um, so like it wasn't learned from him. Right. It was learned because I recognized I didn't feel good. And when I drank it, it would uh, made me feel a certain type of way. Sure. And I wanted more of it. Yep. And also I was so fucking angry at the world. So like 
it's not some genetically no sent down disease. Like my mom and dad didn't drink. Like they just didn't drink. They fought, but they weren't drinkers. I would never blame them for like the learned behavior. But I'll tell you what, when I did start drinking, like these statistics don't ring true to me. I was going to fuck. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, t- I want to do this, this conversation and kind of wrap it up <clears throat> on this pop, this podcast today, because we talk a lot about, or we talked a lot about money today. And how people will spend the money on alcohol. They keep it in their bank, their priorities and what they want. And then we tie it together with kids. I believe that every day that we get up, you and I, we're building something of significance inside of our last name. I have this vision. I've talked about it many times on the phone or on the the calls and on the phone and call these videos, whatever. I talked about many times. There's this hallway with all my forefathers and everybody in it. And then there's this big picture of me. This doesn't really exist. It's just in my mind. And there's this picture of me on there and all the future generations come and they're like, because of this motherfucker, we are different, right? Yep. You can have your picture up next to me and that can be because of us now, right? Yes. But I've had that since day yep. one. And because of him, we have changed. I mean, we've got Parker over here right now mm-hmm. working. I love Which it. For those of you guys that don't know who Parker is, Parker is Phoenix's brother, yep. right? Phoenix's brother from his from his mom, and he came here. He's product of statistics. Yes, statistics, right? Mm-hmm. And he came here. and He's like, yeah, I want to be part of this thing. I want to be here with you. He's been watching I all day. I want to be different. I want to be different. My job and my mission. We look at this thing. Our job and our mission is to not is to take these statistics and turn these motherfuckers on their heads. Yep. Take men, take women, put relationships back on fire. Show kids in the future how to live that drinking, whether you drink or not drink, doesn't need to control you. The message is never about should you or should you not drink, but you don't need to be a fucking statistic because your life can be great. Yep. Right? Your life can be something beautiful. And I, I, I like to, I did another podcast earlier this morning. It seems like I do podcasts nonstop. But if a fucking, I'm not that smart, right? I'm, I'm not. And there's nothing special really about me. I know we like to say that there is, and maybe some people in the team think there is, and there's some gifts that I have, but the reality is I'm just a dude mm-hmm. who drank a shitload and did a ton of drugs. Mm-hmm. And if someone like me, who was at the point in the brink of disaster, waiting for some cataclysmic biblical event to change his life, can make the simple choice to no longer do this, you can do it too. Yep. That's just drinking. If some woman who didn't really know anything about money, you made a choice. You're like, okay, hon. Like the choice was simple. You allowed yourself to open up to this gap of creation and freedom. Like, I'm going to trust this guy. And we're going to build something together. Yep. I needed to know what existed. I didn't know what existed until I met you. And then once you showed me and told me, hey, no, there's this whole other world. This is what you can start doing. This is how I can show you to start thinking about it. Once I was opened up to that, I was like, game over. Why would I ever go back to the, sca- the scared mindset about money again when now I'm just, this is what's abundantly clear and exciting in front of me. And we'll go back to these, these seven signs of alcohol affecting a relationship. We live in a world every day where, where alcohol is what we do. It's yep. the problem we solve, right? It's one of the problems we solve. But when I look through these, do we have this issue? Do I lie about drinking? No. Do you lie about drinking? No. Do we hide it? No. Nope. Does, does, do we, we'll just get rid of the drinking. Do we even have financial difficulties? Nope. No. The only pressure I have on me and you is the pressure I put on myself to go spread this. To message. grow. To grow. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, do, does alcohol cause conflicts in a relationship? Do we even have conflicts in a relationship? Nope. No. Is drinking more important than relationship? Is money more important than relationship? No. Nope. 
does drinking money affect our sex life? No. Okay. Other than the fact that one day I got to get a bunch of $100 bills, put them on the bed, have sex with you on it, right? That's my goal, like Duck McScrooge or whatever. <laughs> I don't, You've always had that yeah. fantasy. Drinking affects your children and family. No. Nope. Not, not our, our household. We drink to feel happy. No. Nope. I share this with you because I refuse to be a statistic, and I refuse to let people be statistics on our watch. And it's interesting because you just you just rattled rattled off those seven signs. There's somebody listening to this that's going to be listening to this. Maybe that's man, woman, child that's listening to that. And all of those or most of those or some of those ring true. And you can tell them or we could tell them right now that it does not have to be that way. There is a whole other world and whole other life on the upper opposite side of what you think only exists. You can have and you can be so much more than those seven. Uh, those are just seven. Bro. Any or any bro. of those statistics. Like you don't have to be a part of that. And I'll take just a minute and talk directly to like the the high-powered entrepreneur, business owner, the guys that really kind of join me in the Comeback Council. Because right now we're making the message. We get a lot more people than just business owners that listen to it. But the business owners that listen to this thing, like I want you to understand the importance of the fucking sword that you wield, right? Like you get up every day and you have people that you are leading down the path of prosperity for yourself and to ultimately create this world of financial abundance and, and have this, whatever your own dreams are. And every day that the pressure gets difficult or the relationship gets difficult at home and you choose to drink over what it is that you're supposed to be doing, man, you're just letting everybody down and you're making those statistics ring true. He's letting himself down. Letting yourself down, right? But the reality is for every single person listening to this thing today, man, Look at that, those kids, 12 to 17 years old. I mean, I was what? I was 13, 13 years old when I started drinking. Yep. I mean, I fit right in there. I was in that statistic, not because my parents, because I chose to be the statistic. The world's hard enough as it is. Yes. And so to be that young and start having drinks, like, you know, it's inevitable. I know that between having three kids and they're all a little wild, they're, they're really good kids, but at some point they're all going to have a drink here and there. You know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, whether it's 18, 19, 21, 22. I mean, my brother didn't even drink till he was 21 years old, yep. right? So I don't know that it's uncommon for these kids to not do the same, but there will come a time in their day, their life when they have a, a make a decision. The message is not that alcohol is bad. The message is that you are in control of your life. Yep. That's what I want people to understand here. You're in control of your own financial freedom, your own future, your own fucking relationship, your own body, your own choices, your own alcohol, your own drug consumption, like all this shit. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really what freedom's about. What did you like this podcast? I did. I liked it. I didn't know that you were going to read off some of those statistics, but it's alarmingly uh, high, I feel like. And I'm glad we kind of got to cover a portion of it and give our, say, our piece on our perspective on it. Yeah, I'm going to do some more videos on different types of uh, statistics, but... I enjoyed it because what I want to start doing is bringing more factual data because I've done a ton of theory. Like at this point now, I've helped so many people and we're going to move this into the women's and yep. allow you to help more people that like, you can't deny that what I've created works. You just can't back it up. Eight <laughs> years Even ago. if somebody wanted to, I would, I literally, you can't say any different because I know I see it literally every day that it works. <laughs> so. I know there's people out there that want to knock on it, shit on it and say that, you know, there's only one way, but I, it's fine. My, my point is that years, eight years ago, I couldn't say that. 
Yeah. Now that I know that it works and like I've got a team that's fully working and capable of running this, like just, so it's like a machine that helps people every day. Yeah. Now all I need to do is promote it. Yep. Promote the machine, launch new challenges, write more books, do more videos. And it's like this whole, this whole like snowball effect of just change that's happening. And it's a big daunting task. 3 million people in the world dying. You, you kind of feel like when you get up every day, there's a piece of me that's like, damn dude, like, well, I hope, which I hate hope isn't a strategy, but like I hope that these people that hear me today will take something from this and do something with it, whether you join me or not. Yeah, you know, even you could be man, child, or woman. If you hear this or show them your book that you wrote, if you are interested or if something is ringing true for you where you feel like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to be a part of those statistics. I do want to believe that I can change and there's hope. And you just need a path and a way to see, to do it. Check out the first book that Mark actually ever wrote. It's actually changed a lot of people's lives already. Keep listening to our podcasts and we will give you guys a lot of amazing takeaways so that way you can be in control of your life. And we will keep leading by example. I love you for doing these with me. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Comeback Couples Podcast. We'll see you next week. Keep on stacking wins.